Hello, everyone, and welcome to VR Verdict, episode 82, our weekly podcast where we talk about everything VR. I am PJ, and Wookiee is not here because his power is out, so hopefully everything's going well down there in the Carolinas. <laughs> about an hour before recording time, he messaged me saying, uh, might be an issue, we lost power, and they're not sure when it's coming back on, so hopefully everything is going well for him. But this week we're talking to David Reyes, uh, producer and business development manager for Immersive Experience Studios. They're a VR, AR, MR production studio based in Idaho. Check the show notes for some links. They have some free resources and tips for audio applications. This episode we talk about 3D and spatial audio being a key component of you know VR experiences as well as other things. But super interesting, a really great chat. Uh, audio has always interested me big time, so. It's great to finally get to ask a few questions I've always wondered about and get some answers and hear some behind the scenes audio information. Hey. Hey, PJ. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? Pretty good. Wookie may or may not be joining us. Apparently, a storm rolled into the Carolinas an hour ago and his power went out. So, oh man, okay. He, if he can make it, he'll sneak in quietly, but he's not. Uh, he's saying they're saying it doesn't look good yet. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And, and where are you based out of? I'm actually in Wisconsin. All right. Right on. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm based out of Idaho. Nice. So, yeah, thanks for um, asking me to be on your podcast. This is cool. Yeah, no problem. I mean, it's funny, we're, we're gamers by nature, and that was like our VR focus. But when we talk to people with like um, different apps other than gaming and like different um, viewpoints, it's normally more interesting to me than, than, than gaming is. So it's kind of <laughs> strange that way. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I worked in the game industry for a while um, as, a, as an engineer, but um, VR is quite a bit different, I think, just in terms of all the pieces that have to go into it, you know. Yeah, it's um, just we'll start rolling from there and then I'll just do like the intro and all that afterwards. But um, OK, so, you know, I'll introduce you and, and you name your studio and that stuff so <laughs> yeah having said that i probably already killed the flow of it but <laughs> no that's okay no worries oh. so you're here today to basically talk about 3d and spatial audio um and i'm really interested before we get into that just how did how did you get to where you are right now um working with audio like and choosing VR, uh, maybe you don't focus on VR, I'm not sure yet. So just kind of curious of your background. Sure. That's a great question. And uh, again, thanks for having me on your podcast. Um, I've, my background is, uh, I've, I've got a technical background. I'm an electrical engineer by training. Um, 
and, and did you know chip design and embedded design for many years. Yes. In parallel with that, uh, I've also been playing music since I was a kid, and awesome. uh, I, I started my my work professionally as a composer, writing music for theater uh, in the Bay Area. I, mm -hmm. I had an opportunity to work in the game industry uh, for a little while as an engineer, and um, just really saw you know the the, the power and the, the influence you know that that uh, that that market that um, segment of the entertainment industry has um, on, on the general public, in particular, um, you know, um, young, younger folks, right? So, so mm -hmm. I've, I've been uh, in, in and out of working in, um, you know, games and things for, for a number of years. Um, with regards to, to VR, um, my family and I relocated to Boise, Idaho in 2015. And uh, when we first came out here, you know, I just started networking, you know, trying to see who's who in the zoo, as it were, you know, just <laughs> like, like what's going on out here, you know, is there an audio community? Is there a tech community? Right. And I was pleasantly surprised to find that there's actually a, a fairly active VR community out here. Um, nice. There's this one startup that's, that's fairly successful, Black Box VR. Uh, and, and I know those guys and, and they used to uh, run a, uh, a networking group. And so I started meeting people through that networking group. I was able to get some, some gigs um, doing spatial audio and 3D audio uh, for some of those clients. You know, and it's it's grown from there, and and, and you know, and the and the thing that I've noticed is um, there's a lot of great work going on in VR, AR, MR. Um, there isn't a huge pool of of audio talent with you know technical chops, creative chops, you know business chops, and uh, I've actually pitched this to uh, to a couple of the local universities. You know that they need to spin up a program to train you know the folks coming along after us on this. Um, so. Long story short, the uh, the way I, I got interested in 3D and spatial audio was, um, first of all, by you know realizing that there's a need, there's a gap here in terms of um, you know qualified folks who can actually deliver you know both on the technology piece as well as user experience on the creative piece, um, and then some of my prior work as an engineer, I actually worked for uh, uh, for DTS. Um, I was actually a product development manager for their spatial audio solution. And that was before we came to Idaho. So that experience actually helped me quite a bit because <laughs> that solution is very similar to things like Dolby Atmos and, and others. Right. Yeah, it's neat that you were able to, to relocate and find a community like that. That doesn't always happen that way. So <laughs> Yeah, it, it was actually a pleasant surprise. You know, we, we didn't come to Idaho, you know, because it was a VR community here. We came here for many other reasons, you know, but, um, but I was pleasantly surprised to find that, you know, and they're just very approachable folks, you know, and some of them are doing really, really interesting work and in training, you know, hazardous conditions, um, you know, fitness, you know, that sort of thing. And, yes. uh, you know, just plugged in and I was able to, to contribute and that led to, you know, some gigs and then, you know, uh, kind of morph the business into that because I see that as a real opportunity. Yeah. yeah it's, um, uh, I don't consider myself an audiophile, but I'm very into music and I'm a big, like anyone that like comes over and watches a movie, they get annoyed because I got to make sure the sound is right. The video, you know, everything's uh, right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. a lot of people are like, I don't care. It's like, but it'll drive me nuts if, if we don't watch this movie. Yeah. <laughs> with perfect sound. Um, yeah. So it's good to hear that there's, there's people way more into it than I am because, um, like I, I mentioned earlier, I'm a, a gamer, big time gamer. I've been playing games forever. And, you know, when headsets first kind of came out, like audio headsets with like 5.1 to 7.1, you know, and then going to Dolby Atmos, mm. um, 
holy crap it's just like the first time i put on a stereo headphones way back like you know 20 years ago right. and i could hear people walking around i was like this is gonna be awesome <laughs> so yeah just on yeah. a very small scale like i was i was really like that got me excited a long time ago and it's it's not done nothing but get better and you know with vr being so immersive like the mm. sound in vr like when a game does it well it's just yeah. phenomenal <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's a, actually a great point. You know, one of the exciting things, if you think about the evolution, right, from, you know, from stereo to 5.1 to 7.1, I mean, I've been, I've been involved in production work all along the way, in all those areas, um, and then jumping to, you know, spatial audio, right, 3D audio, you know, it's, it's um, the, the underlying theory for 3D and spatial audio ambisonics has been with us since the 70s. I mean, that was... <laughs> That, that was developed, you know, back in the 70s. Um, quad was kind of the outcome of that, right? But it's really only yeah. been in the last, you know, five to seven years that we've had the compute power available, you know, in, in a user-friendly, you know, portable format, i.e. mobile phones and, and headsets, where you could actually render that kind of audio in, in a practical way, you know, not, not needing a whole room or two rooms full <laughs> of gear just to render it, right? I mean, yeah. seriously, you know, the, that, that's that's the amazing thing and and you know um when i think of you know 3d and spatial audio just for you know the listeners maybe who aren't really familiar with with what this is i think of it as a as a, a series of techniques uh, for creating an immersive 360 degree soundscape that's probably the most concise definition that i can think of for what <laughs> this is it's it's so much more than that right but if you think about the ability to now um, project and move and manipulate sounds above your head yeah. And below below your feet, you know, it, it's really it's really quite remarkable. It, it's a game changer because um, now you you finally have a true three hundred and sixty degree representation of the sound field in a in a real or in a virtual space. In addition, you know, you've got um, the ability to do uh, higher order ambisonics, um, which is uh, technology that gives you a greater granularity and greater control over the sound. There aren't a whole lot of solutions yet that support. Um, higher order ambisonics, but it's coming. I mean, it's only a matter of time until you'll be able to do that, you know, second order, third order, fifth <laughs> order with, with a set of headphones on. And, and so the solutions are really in, in the form of, you know, plugins, apps, you know, APIs and audio assets. So some examples, like we said, you know, Dolby Atmos, um, Google Resonance Audio, you know, Oculus, right, DTSX. I mean, there's a number of them. I've, uh, I've, I've counted about 14 commercially available solutions for spatial audio. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, I was curious, you know, I, you don't have to get into it, but <laughs> out of all like the consumer products, like and um, offerings, what's kind of do you have a favorite for like your home setup or anything like that? Or yeah, kind of yeah, that's that, that that's interesting. You know, they they're um, they they all have their pros and cons. Um, you know, looking at the different solutions, right? You know, um, Google Resonance Audio is is really really great for mobile. Um, you know, Atmos is really compelling if you're doing, um, you know, home theater. You know, to to cinema, right? You know, to games. Um, um, I think DTSX is really great on mobile as well. Um, you know, there's there's just a number of solutions. I I don't I don't really have a favorite. I I use it's. You know, I tell my daughters this, it's, it's kind of the, the screwdriver, right? You know, it's like when you have to fix something, you use the right tool, you know, and in yeah. this case, when you have to produce audio, um, you know, spatial audio, 3D audio for, for a VR headset or a location-based entertainment, 
you know, or, or a game or something, you know, it, it's really what's the solution that makes the most sense. And then what are the gotchas that you need to be aware of up front, you know, so they don't, they don't bite you, you know, as you're trying to wrap up and, and get to production. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting that, like you said, the evolution, because five, ten years ago, I don't know the exact timing. You know, it was either like Dolby or like DTS. <laughs> that was mm -hmm. about it. Yep, yep. <laughs> and then yep, you exactly. had the, and then after that, like everything after that, like you've mentioned that it, they are quite different and different um, applications. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and Dolby is certainly, you know, worth noting. I mean, we, we have a number of things going on with them, you know, the, um, you know, they've been doing this a long time. You know, they're 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 clearly the, the front runner in terms of having a, a true end-to-end -end ecosystem where, you know, you could you could hear it on your mobile device, you know, over Apple Music, you could listen to it in your home theater, uh, potentially in the cinema, you know, <clears throat> and then potentially on a game platform. You know, I mean they, they really do a nice job of covering sort of that end-to-end -end spectrum, you know, but yeah. it may not be the right solution for everything. You know, there there may be some applications where where Atmos doesn't make sense and it's not the solution makes sense. So we try to keep our, our options open. Sure. And just to reiterate the point, like with VR headsets, I'm still rocking my Rift CV1 and I'm going to wear, I'm going to wear that thing out till, until I can't use it anymore. And right. the main reason for that is the audio is so good compared to anything else that I've yeah. used. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll take that over, you know, the little, the, screen door effect it's got it doesn't have the highest resolution but once right. you're in vr it's i don't care like the the audio like the audio on a quest or you know quest 2 it's good and it's good for what it is but compared to that it's just you know i have to wear headphones when i use a quest and then that opens yeah. a whole another can of worms so yeah the, the quest is a little is a little different you know they uh in, in that particular case as i understand it they they opted for um hardware supported um, spatial audio, right from the, yeah. from the Qualcomm Snapdragon, and, and I've actually got a bit of experience with that. You know, from my days at DTS, it's a great solution. Um, you know, but but as you say, th there are some limitations, right? I mean, yeah. there's just only so much. There's just only so many bits that 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 embedded platform can pump out. You know, in a given frame, right? And so, if you have to, if you have to cut back, or if you have to do something a little different, you know, maybe the audio, uh, maybe it isn't isn't quite as nice as is in some other solutions. Yeah. And it, like I said, for what it is, it's still pretty amazing and immersive. But yeah, once you go into PC VR, you know, with a, you know, with video mm -hmm. and graphics and all that other stuff, the audio is just, you know, a whole nother level. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> mobility is yeah, a, is a its own thing. So <laughs> right, right, I hear you. So um, I've always been interested. I I think you can maybe answer this then. Mm -hmm. When you're working, say, you know, either it's a game or an app, like with audio, where do you start? Because, I mean, you know, I get art and like character design and level design and stuff, but audio, like just, it's a whole different thing. Like, and mm -hmm. I'm just always wondered, how do you pick, like, I'm going to start with this and go from there? Do you have a set? Yeah. Like yeah, that's actually, or... yeah, that's that's actually a really a really good point. Um, you know, we at here at IES, you know, we consider audio to be uh, a user experience element, right? A, a key ingredient to creating a great user experience. So we don't think of it as you know, well, I need some sound effects for my game. 
or I need, you know, music for my game, or I need, you know, voiceover for my, you know, VR training app, you know, we consider it to be part of the user experience. And so just like you would, you know, sketch out on paper, you know, prototype, um, you know, UX elements, right? You would, you know, I don't know, in Figma or something, you know, mock up what the, what, what the, you know, what, what the VR experience would, would look like, right? You know, we do something very similar <clears throat> with audio. You know, we start right from the very beginning, ideally, you know, with our clients right from the very beginning, you know, thinking about, okay, so what's, what's audio's role, right? What, what is it going to do for this experience? You know, how is it going to make this experience that much better? Um, you know, is it, is, it, uh, is it taking on a role where it's, um, it's, it's going to cue the user to do certain things at certain times? Is it going to maybe help the user when they're stuck or they're, you know, blocked in some location? Is it going to, uh, you know, associate uh, a particular um, sound or sound effect or voiceover, you know, with, with, a, with a character or a situation or a, or a development in the game experience? Um, you know, is it going to do some sort of a, a flash forward or a flashback type of, you know, anticipation of <laughs> some event coming up? Is it going to reveal... Uh, some hidden emotion or some hidden struggle in a character that you can't reveal visually, you know, I mean, these are just some of the different things that, that audio can do. Right. And, yeah. and, you know, you could do, you could have audio perform a similar function in, in a film or in some sort of lean linear media or even 2d uh, game. But, but the, but the big, you know, the big game changer with, you know, VR and, and spatial audio now is that um, because you have a headset on, you know, you're essentially constraining, um, you know, the visual element, right? I mean, you're, you're, you're yeah. basically, you're taking that, you know, 120 field of view and kind of putting it into this little box, which is great because now you can create this really amazing experience and it's right there in your face, literally, right? But now <laughs> the, the audio has to be that much better, right? Because, yeah. you know, your body knows that you've got this headset on, right? Somehow you have to suspend, you know, that, that, um, that sensation, that, that, that emotion, that situation and go, yeah, You've got this headset on, but we're going to forget about all of that. And now you're in this other thing. You know, you're in this other experience. You're in some other, you know, off planet or something, or in a jungle or something. So I think it just it, it really um, it really forces the audio to be just that much better. Um, and so, you know, the ability to do you know 3D and spatial audio in real time, um, you know, with head tracking, right, and you know, real real time mixing, and you know, with the ability to to customize the experience to what's going on you know, for the user at that time, you know, state driven. Um, I just think that just takes it to another whole level, you know, beyond what you could do with surround and beyond what you could do even with just straight interactive audio, you know, like, like we've had for many years with games. Yeah. So, you know, for us, um, it's, it's, it's an ex a user experience element. It's not just music or audio. And, you know, as soon as, you know, you think that the game is, is going to get greenlit or, you know, is ready to actually begin pre-production, you know, that's the time to start thinking about audio. And, and I think one other important point is, um, and I've done this now with a number of clients, you know, um, some clients will use um, uh, placeholder audio and sound effects, <laughs> right? You know, temp mm -hmm. tracks, right? And, which is fine, right? Uh, the, the, the concern there, right? The, the issue there is now um, in, in the mind of the developers, you know, their leadership, you know, the QA testers, all those folks, you know, they are slowly but surely associating that piece of music, that sound effect, that voiceover with um, that particular experience in the game or that particular right. character or that particular situation, right? Now, um, 
you know, when, when you bring on somebody like us and we start replacing those assets in the game, you know, now all of a sudden it's a bit of a jarring effect because, you know, now you're playing this scene or you're playing this game and you realize, well, this has changed. I don't know that I like this better. Right. And so it, yeah. it just, you know, it, it's better to have, in my opinion, um, you know, the audio in the game as early on as possible so that you can begin to make that association and, and figure out, you know, is this really working or not? And get that feedback and get those iterations going where you're improving, you know, the, the, the audio, the gameplay, the timing, the mechanics, you know, early on as opposed to waiting until, until the end. Yeah, and a, another thing with that, to my mind, it's interesting, like, if I was in your role, and like you said, they had a placeholder mm-hmm. sound, like, I think that would end up maybe influencing what I would do with it, because that's, to me, like, if I was in that situation, like, whatever they had would just kind of stick in my head every time I'd, like, exactly. play a scene or something, then, yep. you know, it yep. might uh, muddy the waters. Yep. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's really how our brains work, right? Our brains are designed to recognize, store and recall patterns. Yeah. That's why music, that's why music is so effective, right? You know, the, the, the hook, right? You know, like, like they give you that hook at the beginning, they give it to you again in the chorus. And before you know it, you know, you're sort of humming this thing as you're working out or, you know, working in the garden, whatever, right? I mean, th- yeah. that's the power of, of audio. That's the power of, of patterns. Um, and in a situation where you're in a game where you're maybe doing the same repetitive action, you know, a number of times, or you're playing the same level a number of times, it, it makes that pattern even more uh, realistic, right? Even, even more, uh, you know, cemented in your mind, right? Along yeah. with all of the things that go with it, you know, the audio, right? The, the gameplay, the mechanics, you know, the timing, right? You know, the visuals. So yeah, it's, it's very powerful. And, and I think, um, you know, needs to be thought through you know, the, the whole audio piece of it right from the very beginning. And on the same subject, uh, I've played a lot of alphas and betas and even pre-alphas. And, you know, I've seen the placeholder stuff and then I play a finished product and I'm just like blown away, like, holy crap, it's, you know, it's so different. And like, because there's some experiences where it's like, hey, that's, that's, you know, I'd be like, you could have left that. That's all right. But then when you hear the actually fully done product, it's like, yeah, holy cow, it's just a whole nother thing now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the polish and the refinement. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, where the, that's where having the time to iterate, you know, comes in, right? You really need that time. There's just, there's just no shortcut, you know, because it just takes time. You have to experiment and experimentation just takes time. And I think with VR, it's really important because VR, I don't know how you want to say it, it triggers your mind in a way where like it's so immersive and real sometimes mm-hmm. that your your brain kind of actually stores it as memories and it's it's really bizarre because when you play like a flat game or you watch a movie on you know on your tv um it's not as embedded into your brain in my opinion because like like i said vr kind of makes it a memory almost like a real life memory because you're you feel like you're there. So the audio has got to really hit the right notes and be good. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think all of it does. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the mechanics, the timing, you know, I mean, it's all important, um, you know, for us, just because, as I said, there's this, as we see it, you know, a gap and a lack in both understanding, you know, training as well as um, expertise, you know, just taking that, those audio assets to the next level. I think is really, really key because it could just make that experience that much more memorable. 
I've also wondered, again, maybe you can answer this, maybe you can't, like, with VR, you know, you have a headset on, so there's a whole world behind you, not just in front of you, like on a standard gaming um, setup. So I've always wondered, again, with audio, like, if there's a character behind you talking and you physically turn your body and your head and then the character's in front of you, like, so the obviously the audio follows the character, like, how... Right. Is are we in a place with technology that that's really kind of easy, or is that's in my mind that that's got to be like positioning all that has got to be a lot of work, but maybe we're past that. Like, oh, it's all kind of technically done for you. I'm I'm not sure, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I think I think the tools make it uh, make it easier. You know, some of the middleware tools, you know, FMOD, WIs. You know, they, they make that easier. Um, you know, some of the some of the plugins, right? Um, you know, make that easier. It's not that difficult, but but again, requires some planning and some thought up front because yeah, as as you as you move your head from one side to the other, the uh, the delay of those sound sources, maybe the characters talking or whatever's going on in the scene, will change as you rotate your head. So that has to be yeah. accommodated for, right? The, the other pieces. Um, you know the, the the timing, right? You know, as you as you spin your head, the tracking should be such that the sound will follow you, you know, correctly at the right time. You know, within some you know five to ten millisecond delay, right? You know, if you start turning your head, the sound doesn't change. You know, and then you know fifty milliseconds later, you hear the sound change. You know, <laughs> that's going to break that experience right there. The user's going to go, yeah. "Well, this doesn't make any sense." I just you know, I'm I'm seeing this over here. I'm turning my head. I'm not noticing any change now. It's you know some number of seconds later, and I'm hearing the change. That, that that's just totally going to break that experience. So it's it's really thinking of of the, the audio, you know, in that kind of state driven way, you know, first of all, and then secondly, thinking about, um, you know, for this particular scene, you know, what are all these sound sources doing, and how are we going to, you know, maximize their effectiveness. You know, as we make this transition, as we make this change, as we make this shift, you know, um, there's a lot of detail, no doubt. The tools make it easier, you know, but there's still, you know, kind of that upfront planning and thought that goes into it in terms of what's audio going to do to contribute to this uh, experience, right? And then, um, and then tuning it, you know, just tuning and tuning and tuning, you know. Yeah. 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 It's... <laughs> I've said many times on the podcast, like anything horror, like movies or g normal games or anything, never bother me at all. Like I've never, it's never affected me. Um, but in VR, like that's the one hurdle I still have. Like, like I don't get motion sickness. I can do pretty much anything. I've played a lot of alphas, like I've said, and they're jarring sometimes. It doesn't phase me, but horror is something that i'm slowly working my way into <laughs> and mm. i think the biggest part of that is just the ambience of the audio and music and sounds and it's not yeah. even what i see it's just the audio is that that yep. hitting me that well and it's just something i'm kind of baby stepping to but yeah yeah horror is a little different you know it's not my <laughs> favorite um you know I, I like i like action games i like you know open world you know games that sort of thing you know the horror it's an acquired taste you know yeah so i just um uh we just had um trying to i'm really bad with names so <laughs> it takes me but um we had jeff bull jr on from 
um, he just released a game, Don't Upset Bobby, and it's a little yep. quick little horror game. Yeah. And um, just being in there, and I, just just the audio alone, like even in the menu, I was like, "Yep, yeah, I'm good." <laughs> like I didn't even get to play it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's so weird, like that, that can touch you that well with nothing happening. It's just the song, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they um, they, they it, it's it's been called liquid emotion, you know. So it goes sure. from from your ears straight to your heart, you know. That's that's how um, that's how film composers, you know, do what they do, right? And then yeah. games again, you know, it's, you can take it up a few notches, VR, a couple notches, even beyond that, you know. Yeah, and it, I, you know, I don't know if you've ever watched a an actual movie and like kind of split the music out of it, but it it's not even like it's a whole different thing and it does, it's not even really worth watching. <laughs> just, oh yeah. No, it's, it's a really I've, weird experiment if anyone wants to try it. Cause I've done it a couple of times. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah I've, I've worked on plenty of projects like that, you know, where it's, you basically start with nothing and you start adding the assets one by one, you know? Yeah. So again, another th- thing I've always been curious of when, when you work on something like that, like, you know how the film director has, you know, kind of everything in his head and what he's looking for, and you do storyboards and kind of work it out. But mm. with audio, you kind of have the same process. Like you see the, maybe you see the finished video of it, and then it's your job to put music or audio or whatever you're doing. Do you kind of have to do, have the same steps and kind of, is it in your head or you're like just kind of play with it until you figure it out or? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it, we've done it many different ways. Um, you know, sometimes it, it is just a series of storyboards, you know, in a PDF or something, right. Uh, even, even on paper, in some cases, you know, they scanned it on paper, on, you know, right. Uh, done, a, done, done that other times, you know, there's already a prototype that's up and running, just has some placeholder audio that we start substituting one by one, you know, other times it's a, it's a prototype with just some simple gameplay and there's no audio at all. You know, they just haven't done anything and you start to lay in, you know, I, I, I try to build it, you know, here we try to build as uh, kind of in, in, in layers, you know, um, audio is one of those things that's really interesting. It's very easy to um, kind of paint yourself into a corner, you know, where sure. you've just got so much happening in a scene that, you know, someone will play test it or, you know, the, the producer or one of the product managers or somebody will play test it or a VP or something and they'll, and they'll go, well, there's something about that scene that I just don't like. And you know, and then they narrow it down somehow to the audio piece, right? Now you've got to start this this sort of you know subtractive analysis, right? Where you're you're pulling assets out, or or, or additive analysis, where you take everything out, all the audio outside, adding them one one, figure out what's what's going on. You know, I, I think there's really there's there's high value in you know planning the various levels of planning the various scenes up front, and really figuring out um, you know what's the minimum number of sources what's the minimum number of things that i need to accomplish what i need to do in this particular scene you know and no more no less you know um mm-hmm. I, i've just seen this you know too many times where you know there's a prototype but there's an experience you know a client comes to us and says well i don't really know what's what's not working here whatever blah blah so you try it and you realize oh this is like 25 sound sources in the scene <laughs> you know you could probably do this with three right honestly you know uh, and and there's just you know there's there's really some kind of some some rule of thumb kind of best practices, right? That I think are worth, you know, stating here, right? You know, some, some, some typical things um, to, to think about when you're considering, you know, for your listeners out there, you know, developers, you know, whoever they may be, if they're thinking about 
implementing 3D and spatial audio in a game or an experience, something they're developing. You know, you know, the first is um, when you select sound sources, use monophonic sound sources, not stereo or even surround for that matter. And that might seem counterintuitive, right? You're thinking to yourself, yeah, okay, well, hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. This is this is this is a, an immersive, you know, soundscape. You know, I want to have this this big, you know, bubble of sound, if you will, right? You know, the 3D equivalent of the wall of sound, right? You know, like I, it, the sound just got to be everywhere, you know. And it's like, yep, that, that's a great idea, but but really, that's that's the function of um, the spatializer, you know, and and the plugins and the tools that do that, right? You know, if you have a particular, you know, ambient sound or a particular, you know. A bed of music or something, you know, start as a monophonic source, you know, then let the tools do what they do. If it gets too muddy, you know, you can always back that up, right? But if you start with this, you know, source that's, I don't know, mixing 7.1 or something and you, and you pop it into the scene, there's no place to go from there, right? That sound is just yeah. everywhere. It, it's just all over the place. You can't control it, you know? So that's the first thing. Monophonic sources, they're, they're your friends. The other is, um, as much as possible, not always possible, but when, when you have sound sources that, that it's really, really important that they be localized, you know, gunfire, um, you know, the sound of a sword clanging, you know, something that's going to cue the user, you know, try to stick to uh, sound sources that are sort of, you know, mid to high frequency. So let's say from, you know, two to 300 hertz, you know, all the way up to, you know, whatever, 10K, 16K, right? The reason is because um, sound sources that are very low in frequency, are, are difficult to localize. And we've all had this experience, right? You know, you, you pull up to a light in your car, somebody has a, a, a really loud sound system with lots of subwoofers, you know, and you're trying to figure out which car is this? Right? <laughs> who's, who's the nut, you know, park, you know, stopped at this light, you know, with, with the crazy loud audio, right? And it's really hard to because sound at that frequency just goes everywhere, right? The, the, yeah. the wavelength is, is, so, is so large that it just, it just goes all over the place, right? Those types of sounds are really hard to localize. And what you probably wind up with is, is this very um, sort of fuzzy, blurry, um, you know, low-end rumble that you can't really quite, quite place. You know what I mean? And, and that's actually yeah. a, a, a distraction because what will happen is the user will start to, you know, if they're paying attention, they'll start to focus on that thing that's out of place. It'll completely break the experience for them. So try to avoid those. And then the other is um, when you have, uh, again, something that's really important, you know, uh, room ambiance, you know, piece of music, um, you know, sound effects, that sort of thing. As much as possible, you want to try to, you know, as we said, avoid low frequency uh, assets, but you want to have those assets in such a way that they have at least some sort of spread in the, in the audio spectrum to them because that, that, uh, that area in the spectrum that they occupy gives them, you know, that, that presence, that location, and it, it makes it easier to work with you know, things like, you know, reverbs and filters and, and things like that. So those are just kind of some basic rules of thumb, you know, use monophonic sound sources, avoid low frequency as much as you're able, you know, and make sure that whatever you use that has some amount of, of spectrum to it, right? So that you, you can use these other tools to, to, to spatialize it. Um, so those are kind of the best practices, you know, challenges that, that I see a lot of clients experiencing. And I'll just kind of run through this, this quick list here with that is, you know, they have really fuzzy goals or worse yet, no goals for the audio sure. in, in their VR game. They, they're just like, I, I need something. It's like, okay, but what do you want it to do? And okay. there's really a conversation there, right? You know, I, I think of it as a funnel, right? There's many, many different solutions at the top of the funnel. 
but you want to get to as quickly as possible the bottom of the funnel where you've got really only one or two, maybe three solutions that will satisfy the requirements of the customer. And then you want to be able to put those in front of them as quickly as possible and have them go, yeah, I like this. I don't like this. No, I want this. Right. And then once you have the direction, then you can start really fleshing it out. So that I think that's important. Um, we mentioned um, cluttered soundscapes, right? You know, 50 sound sources all doing crazy stuff and like nobody knows what's going on, right? I mean, that's just a mess, right? You, that's going to get really, really old really, really quickly. Um, the, the other issue I see a lot is um, is is latency between uh, the audio and the video. And I, and I see this particularly, uh, the visual piece rather, I see this particularly when using haptic controllers, you know, wireless controllers. And I think there's still, um, you know, some opportunity there for, for improvement. Just the controllers that I've tried, you know, the different projects we've worked on or trade shows I've been to. Um, you know, if that, if that latency between the action and the sound is more than, you know, five milliseconds or so, you know, two milliseconds roughly in that range, um, it, it's going to make it really, really hard to connect those two, those two things, you know, the action and, and the sound. And, and that's a problem because then that just kind of breaks the whole experience. Um, you know, the other, the other challenge I see is, um, you know, music or voiceover or sound effects that are just overpowering. They just completely, you know, you've got this scene, you know, it's kind of a tranquil scene, you know, you're in the desert somewhere or whatever, you know, and, you know, it's, it's kind of a little, a little bit calm and, 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 and smooth. And, you know, you've got just all this stuff going on. That's really, really overpowering the scene. I, I think that that really, really, uh, hurts rather than helps. And then the other last thing is, um, is hard cuts, you know, uh, audio will change as a result of this, the change of state in the game, or as a result of, you know, some user action. And instead of being a smooth transition from one to the other, you've got this hard cut where the audio suddenly stops and then something else starts. Yeah. And that again, will break that experience. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, I run into that once in a while and it is a little jarring. It's like, eh. yep. <laughs> yep, exactly. And, and it's easy to fix, right? You know, crossfade yeah. is, is something that, you know, many tools do really, really well, you know, and it's, it's just, it's simple to fix, but it has to be thought through, right? Again, it's like, you yeah. know, so then somewhere along the way, there's got to be a piece of code that says, hey, when this piece of music is about to stop because of this thing, you know, just crossfade it to this other piece of music. Yeah. So as, when your company is working on a project, and um, I don't know, like, if you kind of get hired on to do like one part or the other or all of it, say if you're hired to maybe do music and you notice some of these other things you mentioned and do you kind of bring it up and say hey we can we can tweak this for you and and kind of go from there or do you just kind of do what you were kind of hired yeah. to do type of thing <laughs> yeah i mean you know we yeah that's a great question you know we we do a lot of different things here right i mean we um you know we we work on you know full-on you know vr uh ar apps you know we we do we do games we we consult um you know, we, uh, we work with clients who are, you know, maybe just about near, you know, production time, but they're still having lots of issues and they, they really want a kind of a, an objective third party to come in and really assess what's going on with, with the game. You know, if it's, um, if it's going to benefit the client, then we absolutely bring it up, you know, in a diplomatic way, right. Sure. Not to be critical or to be, you know, a jerk, but yeah, if, if, the, if something's not working with the mechanics or something's not working, um, you know, with, with the visual piece or just, you know, timing. We talked about that. That's really, really crucial how things come together, you know, latency, right. Um, with the controllers and things. Yeah. We'll absolutely bring that up and say, Hey, you know, I think there might be an opportunity here. You know, here's what you ought to consider that sort of thing, because nice. in the end it'll give them a better product. You know, it, it gives us, you know, more credibility, you know, uh, and, and we also, 
we also teach and we train. You know, we're not afraid to to go. Hey, you know, we want to teach you guys how to fish for yourselves. You know, you don't need to keep calling us back or hiring us to keep doing this. We'll show you how to do this for yourself, and then you know, in the next prototype or the next experience, you know, you can make it that much better. You know, if you still need us, that's great. We're still here to help out, but yeah. you know, you should be able to do it for yourself. Yeah, and it's nice to, I'm sure, for them to like, you know here's what we think. And then on your next project, you kind of then have that in mind when you're designing from ground up. So you don't have right. you can maybe avoid such as issues. And... Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, when you have um, clients or, you know, you're working on stuff, is it always kind of the same couple things you notice on average, or is it kind of just a mixed bag that you run into? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, there's certain, as, as I mentioned, certain best practices that we like to follow, right? Mm -hmm. As far as, you know, iterating early, you know, prototyping a lot, you know, getting the feedback early, you know, and that. Um, it, it really just, it really just kind of depends. Every project is a little different. You know, every situation is a little different. Um, you know, sometimes there's just a high level of, or, you know, large amount, if you will, of, of custom, you know, code that has to be written. You know, we need to bring in other folks to help with that. You know, sometimes, you know, the testing is is really very, very, you know, labor intensive, right? I mean, it, it just depends on the project, I think. Um, we just try to be prepared up front, you know, for whatever the client needs and be sure that, you know, we can we can uh, under-promise and over-deliver. You know, that's that's kind of our, our basic yep. strategy. We just <laughs> want to be sure that, you know, we, ne we never let the client down, right? That's our, that's our motto. It's like we never let the client down regardless of what it takes. Nice. I'm sure this has happened um, where, you know, they hire you on to do something and then by the time you're done with it, they're kind of blown away. Like this is a whole new thing that we weren't even expecting type of scenario. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. precisely it. I mean, that's what we want to do, you know, for, for our clients, just so that, you know, they have a great product and they really feel like they got their money's worth for whatever it is that we did for them. Nice. That's really interesting. Um, so the services you guys provide, you know, I'm kind of wondering, like, um, so when someone's creating an app or game, mm -hmm. you know, are there like stock options for people to use and like pre-made, like for like assets, video assets, like characters and models, yep. like there's pre-made stuff you can buy. Is there like yeah. an audio version of that that people mm -hmm. can use? And is that... Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, there's there are options. I mean, th there are a number of you know, music and sound effect libraries uh, available online. There's also some libraries on the Unity Asset Store. Um, some of those are, you know, traditional two-channel. Some are spatialized. Um, I found a couple that feature, you know, pre-rendered, you know, 3D or spatial audio tracks. You know, generally what I found with those libraries um, is that they're pretty limited in scope you know, uh, the scope and genre, you know, so for example, um, many of the libraries that I've seen as far as music are really focused on electronic music, um, which is great, you know, but there are a lot of games and experiences and situations where electronic music is not appropriate. So that yeah. library, you know, isn't going to cut it for you. I've seen a number of libraries, several actually that feature, um, ambient sound effects, you know, and those come, you know, spatialized, you know, which is great. Um, but if you're working on a project where you know, it's it's all ambient stuff, you know, 
urban stuff happening indoors, you know, that, that may not help you very much, right? If you've got, you know, a library full of, you know, outdoor sounds and birds chirping and stuff like that, right? So <laughs> it's, 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 um, it's definitely not a one size fits all. Yeah. I think there's an opportunity here, and this is actually one of the, one of the items on our roadmap. So I can't really talk about it a whole lot just yet, but it's, sure. uh, that we say a service to address this very, this very issue, right? Um, you know, there, there's a number of these audio, spatial audio formats. Um, I, I think that there's a need here. I've yet to find a library that really, you know, provides that kind of level of service. Where you can really go out there and, and do some sophisticated searching, you know, find some assets and then, you know, download those and, and, and you know, pay for those and use them royalty free. Mm -hmm. So, so the answer is yes, there are libraries out there. They're limited in scope and in the genres that they address. Um, and it would be difficult to do an entire game, you know, top to bottom, end to end, you know, just using the, you know, the existing libraries that are out there without a lot of work, you know, to, to spatialize them and, you know, really carefully select, you know, all of those items and kind of assemble them all, all into a, into a soundscape. That's, it's, <laughs> I've, I'm not a developer or anything by any means. Um, if Wookie was here, he's kind of gone to school for some of it and works with it a little bit, but I've been in, in the Unity store like twice. I kind of was trying to learn something to help Wookie. I'm like, this is not for me. I'll play test or something else. Like, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. Yeah, Unity is great. Um, you know, it, it does bring its, its own level of complexity, but you know, the level of interactivity and what you can do with what you create in Unity is is quite remarkable. It's it's an amazing tool. Yeah. So on the same kind of topic, is there because you know there's Unity or there's um, Unreal Engine, right? When I hear those, and I, I it's because I'm a gamer, I, I think, mo firstly, I think of graphics, but I know there's a lot to do with audio in them, too. Yep. Um, do you have, you know, and, and I talk to a lot of devs, obviously, on the podcast, so you, mm -hmm. I always hear, like, these these devs love Unity, they hate Unreal, the, you know, vice versa. Do you have a, a preference, or is one or other easier to work with audio-wise? Yeah, um, you know, in terms of you know, programming, you know, mechanics, scripting, um, they both have their pros and cons, similar to what I said earlier about the, the spatial audio solutions, you know, right. um, if, I don't think it's a one size fits all, you know, I think Unreal has some advantages over Unity, and I think vice versa, Unity has some big advantages over Unreal. I think it really depends on the level of comfort of the client you know, and, and where they've invested their, their time and dollars, you know, in terms of their, their code base, you know, if, if they've developed a lot for unity, then we're going to use unity. You know, if they have lots of expertise and lots of, you know, folks who are SMEs, you know, in unreal, we will use unreal. I mean, it, it really just, it, it really just depends on, on the client and what will work you know best for them. We can adapt to either. And there's plenty of, you know, third-party tools and plugins and all sorts of things for, for both of those engines. So I think it's just really a matter of um, what will serve the client best, you know, and, and for this particular job, you know, which screwdriver should we pull out of our util utility belt, you know, sure. and that's what we work with. Yeah. So do you have, um, just thinking of audio only, um, do you have a favorite app or game in VR that really knocks your socks off? Yeah. There's actually a couple that that come to mind. Um, you know, I think Population One has some has some really amazing, yeah. you know, audio work going on. Uh, Vertigo, uh, I think that's 
really amazing. And then kind of my, my current favorite is, um, is until you fall, you know, I, yeah. I think that that's a, that's a really, you know, I've heard some, uh, some presentations that, that, uh, Shaw games did about, you know, how they developed that game and kind of their prototyping process and what they went through. And I think that's, a you know, both from a mechanics as well as, you know, concept art, you know, UX audio perspective. I think, um, I think that's a really solid game. Have you ever played Hellblade on either NVR or traditional? No, I, I haven't. I'd, I'd like to try it, though. It looks interesting. Yeah, it's it's one of those games where I picked it up on Xbox when it first came out. And mm -hmm. like I was playing it with, you know, a really nice pair of headphones and it was the audio was amazing. Yeah. Um, but as far as like, you know, again, being a gamer, like the, the combat was like, meh. So I didn't really play it very long. And then I. When I got into VR, I'm like, oh, sweet, I, I know this game. Let me try it out. And yeah, the audio went from like being amazing to like really freaking me out because, you know, there's there's voices and stuff. Yep. I'm sure everyone knows what the game is. So I don't try, try not to spoil things, but yeah, yeah, there's a lot of voices in your head and they're like literally in your head in VR in there. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that was the main focus with the team on that. And I. Yeah, the second one's coming out. I'm really going to be sad because I'm going to guess it's probably not going to be in VR unless we get really lucky. But um, okay. that one, like, again, what you know, having said I didn't care for the combat on normal gaming, but in VR it was perfect because, you know, mm -hmm. VR is different. But the audio, like, I was on the, if I wasn't playing standing up, because I, I played the game in like two or three sittings because I just could not stop. <laughs> but I right. was on the edge of my seat and it was the audio just, Oh my God! It's if no one, if you haven't played it, I you at least got to try it for the auto because it's probably the best case of audio for a game I've seen. But yeah, I'll, um, I'll give it a spin. Sounds really interesting. But there are like you know there are it's always interesting with VR because there's so many different apps and not just games and you know like um, pinball games have been great and like pinball effects on the riff like. It's spatial to where, like, you, you feel mm -hmm. like you're at the pinball table, and the the actual music is coming out of the top speakers of, the and you can tell that. Right. It's, it's so neat. It just really adds to the immersion, like you're you're standing there playing a pinball table. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's it's kind of this um, this you know over the top sort of meta experience, right? Of you know I've played plenty of pinball games. You know the usually in the arcades it's pretty noisy you know there's lots of other distractions but in this case it's it's fairly isolated and so you can really do a lot to control that sound and really give that that overall you know sort of 360 you know all the way around experience you know to the player i think is remarkable yeah and the other thing with you know i'm trying to think of the uh, raccoon lagoon in vr <laughs> there's a couple like caves you go into and just the lighting is amazing but the audio like it really really amp like amplifies your senses and you really with the echo and reverb and stuff like this was one of those experiences it was one of the first times that i'm it really stuck with me that the audio was just like i just stand there in the cave and just sit there and look around and just listen <laughs> you know yeah awesome yeah yeah it's i don't know I'm curious with so taking audio in mind with just, you know, whether it's VR game or flag gaming, 
Um, I've always kind of like turned down the music a little bit, turned down sound effects and like would crank the ambience or, you know, if you had to pick one of those things, what what would you pick over the rest of them? Like if you had to turn everything down to five and had to have one at like a hundred, do you have a hmm. preference? Because mine yeah, would be ambience a... any day of the week. Right, right, right. Yeah, probably because... Uh, in this case, the sound effects and the music were a distraction as opposed to, you know, helping the experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, yeah, I think it depends. I think it would depend on on the game and the, and the situation. I mean, I, I like to have a fairly well mixed, you know, audio when I'm playing. So I'd probably opt for turning the levels down on everything as opposed to, <laughs> you know, turning something up and turning other things down. I would just kind of, I just think in general, overall, you know, um, you know, with, in the world of audio production, you know, audio reinforcement, um, you know, the, the tools are great, but, but really, you know, the audio really only needs to fill the space and no more. It doesn't need yeah. to be so in your face, you know, that it's just, you know, your ears hurt and, you know, you're ringing and all that. I mean, really it's, it's, you know, headphones, you know, Dolby Atmos setup, you know, all of that. I think you just really need to fill the space just to that level. And that's really all you need. Yeah. And I was trying to think of some, some examples and I, I haven't come up with any, um, but I would really be, interested in seeing games you know there, there are some out there that do this a little bit where and especially in vr again um with menu systems and stuff and just having more audio cues for things instead of like pop-ups or menus or mm -hmm. screens yeah. like i would love to have a couple examples like i said but i don't but i would really love to see things go more that way and do things differently using audio more yeah i agree and and that's one of the that's one of the big um, benefits. One of the big game changers about VR is that uh, now that's even more available, you know, to to developers, right? To use audio as a cue as opposed to you know menus and little arrows and and yeah. stuff like that. Because because those things they get the job done, but um, I think they can also, you know, temporarily at least, you know, break up the experience. You know, where suddenly you realize, oh, I'm in this menu-driven environment, not in this environment that I thought I was in, in this, yeah. in this, uh, in this VR, you know, experience. Yeah. It'd be interesting to, I don't know. I, I try to like, when I, when thoughts pop into my head like that, I write them down and then I lose my notes and stuff, but, um, That's it'd be right. interesting to talk to, um, different developers and just kind of, you know, just spitball that kind of stuff. Cause you know, in my mind, like, I've, I can't think of the name of the game, but there's one game in, in particular that I've played um, where it's all kind of like character voice driven. Like, you know, in, in some games you can click a button and it'll kind of highlight your route type of thing. And, mm -hmm. and um, the game did a really good job of just having, you know, like a character down the way, down the road and just say, hey, over here, <laughs> that kind of thing. And just kind of lead you around that way with different audio cues. And Right, exactly. And yeah, like, and that's um, and, oh, and that's one of the best. Sorry, and that's one of the best uses for audio, right? Is to is to keep the uh, the action moving, right? Is to, yeah. is to keep the pacing going, you know, because because it is uh, you know timing and it is event driven. Yeah, maybe I need just to like. I mean, it'd be really easy to overuse and kind of do in a in a 
maybe annoying way, but like, you know, for Stamma, obviously there's like, you know, character breeds heavy and <laughs> stuff mm-hmm. like that. But um, that's, you know, what are the, some of the trap falls you've kind of seen with audio? Because I can tell you um, one of my biggest annoyances in VR games currently is like you come up to a menu and or uh, some like, like an NPC and they have like the same audio cues and they constantly are on repeat while you're kind of made to sit there doing whatever menu task you're doing. And it's just like, if I hear that phrase one more time, yeah, shut it off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, um, I think that's where, you know, planning it, as we said, you know, early on really comes in. Right. So, you know, the more audio assets, the more money, you know, the more time, right. You know, if you've got, in this case, as you said, you know, a menu and you're kind of cycling through these different options, you know, you want to have a unique sound for each of those, you know, that, that costs time, that costs money. You need to think about that up front and have that, you know, ready to go. Um, you know, have somebody working on that stuff as opposed to just, you know, you've got, you know, two or three sound effects that you downloaded and now you're just kind of cycling through them. You know, there's also yeah. ways to modulate in real time so that each one sounds a little bit different than the other that that may be helpful as well. But but again, that's got to be thought through because there's there's you know coding involved, right? There's timing involved, you know, <clears throat> performance potentially depending upon you know how how much is going on in the scene. So yeah, I, I mean, I think um, it, it's a great point. You know, repetitious sounds are a problem. I think that comes back to that challenge that that we that I had mentioned, which is you know kind of a fuzzy or or no goal for for the audio. You sure. Know? Right. You know, one goal would be, uh, yeah, we want to have audio that doesn't sound repetitious. You know, it's got to sound fresh and new every time you hear it. There's techniques to do that. Um, you know, if it's thought about up front, you can make it a whole lot easier to implement. If you think about it, you know, at the very, very end, it can be very expensive and, and uh, really, really painful to implement. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> time flies. The, the second half of the episode always goes so quick. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. Shift gears here and just um, kind of go hit a couple topics. Um, so, what what um, projects are you currently working on with with um, your studio? Yeah, that, that you can talk about or want to talk about. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got a number of things going on. Um, some some have not been announced. So there's, there's a few that I need to be careful here. But yeah, sure. we've got pre production and, and prototyping going on, on on a couple of games. Um, you know, we're really looking to define a new genre of, of immersive games uh, through that work. Um, and there's more to come on that. There'll, there'll be more information on our website, which, which by the way, is um, www.immersiveexperiencestudios.com. So that's the, that's the name of the website as well as the, the company. Um, and then in addition, we're continuing our work in you know, 3D and spatial audio. There's some um, online training work that we're, that we're developing you know, to help the community. Uh, there'll be more about that on the site as well. And in addition, um, I have a, a resource, you know, that we've that we've worked on as a team and put out there. It's a uh, it's a it's a free downloadable resource, uh, and it's really designed for developers, you know, for decision makers, you know, even audio folks, right, who kind of want to understand all the things that we just talked about, right? You know, what are the options available to me? You know, what can it do for me? That is audio, right? 3D spatial audio. You know, um, what are some best practices? You know, what are the challenges? It really runs through that in a very concise, 
way. Um, you know, I, I feel uh, based on, you know, the reviews we've had as a team, you know, talking about this thing as we're developing it, you know, just the list of um, all of the options that are available. I think that alone is is worth the price of a couple of clicks and, and downloading it and, it and it's free. And we're going to be doing more of those types of things, you know, as we as we um, approach, you know, the launch date for these online training resources, because you know, we really feel that um, the tools, you know, the options that are there are are at a point where um, you can do a lot as far as, uh, you know, both the, the visual piece as well as the audio. Um, starting off right is really, really important. And we think that, um, you know, for our clients, we want to give them the know-how, the tools, the experience to really get started, you know, start off on the right foot, as I said, as, as opposed to you know, coming to us six months into this or a year into this or two years into this. And then it's like, oh, now we've got all this stuff and we don't really know what's what's broken here. And we've got to start, you know, unraveling all of this. So that's really it. I mean, it's, I think it, it benefits everyone to to understand nice. more about, you know, 3D spatial audio, you know, games, you know, mechanics, what you can do, that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, I encourage you to go out there. It's it's on our homepage. Um, again, www.immersiveexperiencestudios.com. And it's all one word. And then uh, we also have a YouTube channel where we're going to be posting, you know, prototypes and things as we as we get those rolled out. Um, so yeah, awesome. feel free to reach out. And anybody out there who's interested in uh, contacting us and learning more about what we do and you know how we can help them, absolutely willing to have that conversation. Nice. Yeah. And any um, links you want to shoot me, I'll put in the show notes here. And then even down the road, whether email or Twitter or whatever, like when you guys release something, just let me know and we'll share it and um, get it out there. Um, yeah. Just curious that, um, so, you know, there's VR is quite new. There's a lot of, it's kind of like the wild, wild west right now. Um, some things are kind of becoming more standard. Um, we've actually, we started a, like a round table discussion in, in VR in our booth um, with a bunch of developers, you know, just hanging out and talking about like, menu systems and locomotion like all that stuff we'd like to see like some kind of standard be created and i think i think audio would be a great thing to get some standardization for vr as a platform in place you know oh uh, yeah that's and a great I, point yeah so if you guys ever want to join up and do like an audio version of that with all the other people like just let me know because we'd set that up um because you know like you said just if if there was a certain standard, like a starting point for everyone, mm -hmm. I think it'd make a lot of people's um, development way easier. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd absolutely be interested in that. Um, you know, helping out with with that. We've got a, a couple of things that we're trying to wrap up. You know, by year then before before the holidays. Um, but nice. you know, if there's an opportunity, maybe before then to to get it done, or maybe you know after the the first of the year. And uh, yeah, I'd absolutely welcome the opportunity to come back and, you know, give folks the update on kind of what we've been up to and what we've been able to accomplish, you know, since the last podcast. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, is there, I don't want to like ask this in, in a wrong manner, but <laughs> is sure. there, is there any like app or game or like anything like with your guys as um, signature on or something that you like as an example that people can check out if, or do you guys yeah. kind of do more background stuff that is isn't even really um, shared? Kind of, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, you know, we've we've done 
number of projects. Um, you know, generally the the branding or the labeling on those is you know the studio that, that you know that we work for uh, that we do you know the hired for work for. Um, there is one app that we are uh, working on. We did this for a local client. It's going to be a, a location based uh, project, so it's it's designed for a, a museum. It's actually a pretty interesting space. Right. It's, uh, it's here in Boise. It's uh, it's it's the World Museum, and it's um, it's due to open in the fall. So um, I think there'll be a, a big announcement about that. But but basically, it's a it's a room in the bottom floor of this fine arts building that has uh, wall to ceiling uh, flat panel displays, uh, 360 all the way around the room. Wow! And so you know we've been consulting on that project for a number of years now, really trying to make that you know stellar because it's an amazing space, and there's no other space that I know of in this area. You know, in the in the Mountain West or even in the Pacific Northwest. You know that's like that there's a few spaces in california that i'm aware of that that come close to that but you know so it's really uh, dialing in the visual as well as the audio component and so one of the vr experiences that we developed um will be you know showcased in that in that space uh and so there'll be there'll be an announcement around that um you know the other pieces that we have you know we're working with uh with investors you know with <clears throat> with partners at this point to get those you know sort of in a roadmap and and, and ready to go out the door the uh, the online training material um there's a number of things in the works there um they haven't really been announced we've we've done some surveys you know just to uh, to our audience you know to our mailing list to our customers just to kind of get their feel for uh, again very much like what we talked about today you know like where do you feel the gaps are as far as 3d and spatial audio you know your understanding of it you know the developers that you're working with you know your your leadership decision makers and really try to address those things in, in one comprehensive online resource so that if there's ever a question or a concern you can just jump on you know jump to the relevant section you know go through the material you know got it moving on to the next thing try to make it that that quick that accessible so those two products those those online products i expect um, one of those to be available uh, about the beginning of next year that's the project i was talking to you about and then we expect a follow-up product probably about six months after that sure. and, and again th there'll be more information on the site i, I put the uh the url you know in the <laughs> in the window here um so yeah there's there's lots of great information out there and we're continually updating that uh providing more details and then as i said on our youtube channel we'll be posting you know some of the the gameplay footage from uh from the prototype so you can feel free to subscribe to that as well Nice. I'll get the link for that too, and I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, share it out. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, folks are welcome to get out there and you know download that resource. It's free, and uh, it may save you some pain. You know, just to, for a few <laughs> clicks, it could save you you know some time. It could save you you know several thousands of dollars. You just never know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's always interested me how you know you don't. I mean, you see it with traditional gaming, like there's indie devs and obviously there's like big AAA devs, but in VR, like there's, it just seems like there's a whole nother gamut of devs, like the in-betweens, mm -hmm. like you have one person teams that are doing everything, audio, um, you know, the programming, the art, yep. all of it. And then you yep. have like teams and stuff. So yeah, it'd be really interesting to see, you know, is, is your stuff kind of, um do you think it'd be helpful to everyone in that spectrum or is it kind of like for bigger teams or like middle sized teams and up type anything like that or yeah that, that's interesting you know we didn't really we didn't really set out with with this series of 
online training material to target any one particular team size or type of team. But we were really thinking about the community as a whole, you know, so um, yes. yeah, you've, you've got the audio production folks, right? Obviously, you know, we want to educate them, right? So they can do better work for their clients. But then, you know, what about the the VR producers? You know, maybe, as you said, maybe it's a smaller team. Maybe it's, you know, three guys, right? You've got, you know, a producer, you know, a dev and an art guy, right? And and the producer yep. needs to figure out, okay, what do we need to do here? You know, how much are we going to spend? What is this going to cost me before we run out of money, right? You know, yeah. so... So, so, so for him, you know, it's like, okay, so here's all these options, you know, here's this menu of, of things that you, that you can get, you know, if you're talking about 3D and spatial audio, you know, how do you quickly hone in on the solution that's right for you, you know, based on what you want to do, you know, and then, you know, whatever licensing is involved, if any, right. You know, some yeah. of these, you know, Google resonances is, 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 uh, is, is, you know, up, up on Git and you can download it today and, you know, start coding away. Right. So that's available. There are some others, you know, where you've got to license it. Um, you know, at most, you can download those tools. Uh, I think if you're distributing and it's a certain amount over a certain threshold, there's some licensing involved there, but they generally try to make it pretty easy. You know, there, there are others. So, so it's really kind of outlining all of those things and saying, well, you know, here, here are these 15 choices. You know, here's this menu. Here's how you figure out, you know, which one is best for you, right? Whether it's mobile or, you know, headset or, you know, platform, you know, what are you doing, right? And then, um, and that's really digging into, um, you know, the best practices, right? And, yeah. and the kind of the, the, the theory underlying all this, right? You know, it's one thing, I think, to give somebody, you know, kind of a list of do's and don'ts, right? Or, or kind of, you know, rules of thumb, right? But I think it's really important to then connect those rules of thumb to the underlying theory, you know? Right. And, then, and then doing that in such a way where, you know, I mean, I was fortunate enough, you know, as part of my education, you know, I took, you know, calculus. I took, you know, uh, courses in integrating with, you know, imaginary numbers, right? That sort of thing. I mean, it's math, it's pretty math heavy. Most folks don't want to wade through all that math. They just want to understand, you know, it's like, yeah. here's, here's the theory. This is why this works the way it does, right? You know, whatever it is, you know, and then here are the rules of thumb that connect to this piece of theory. And this is what you need to know, right? So that whenever, you know, it's okay to break the rules, you know, you just need to understand the rules. And then when yeah. you break them and, you know, and then things don't work the way you thought they would, you know, they need to go back to the original rule and go, Oh, I see. I, I did this thing. It's not working the way I thought. Maybe I should go back and, you know, adhere to this rule and maybe things will be better. It, it's that kind of thing, right? It's, it's making it, um, it's making it accessible, making it comprehensive, but not, you know, where you're wading through, you know, 15 pages of math just to get to yeah. the bottom line where they say, do this, you know? So that's, that's, that's really the, the trick. And, and there is, to the best of my knowledge, no resources, you know, with regard to 3D and spatial audio out there like that. Um, uh, the guy that. who's, yeah. And, and, and the guy who's, who's uh, kind of my partner in all of this, I actually have two partners working on this with me um, separate from, from my team. Um, you know, one of them is a, is a heavyweight audio producer, you know, who goes way back, you know, Abbey Road, I mean, all of that. So, wow. um, you know, he's, he's pretty jazzed about it. This is something we've been talking about now for, for a little while. He's pretty jazzed about it. And uh, yeah, we're in production. We're trying to get the thing done and, and get it out the door. Um, it'll be on, on Teachable. And uh, I can share more about that on the site and, you know, share that with, with your audience as well. Nice. Um. Before we wrap up, is there anything else we didn't get to that you wanted to share? Or is there anything like you'd really like to emphasize for listening audience? Yeah, I mean, um, I think if I had to sum it all up, it's it's that, um, you know, I'm sure like the folks on, you know, who listen to this podcast, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of VR. I just think it's an amazing, amazing opportunity. Um, 
you know, in, in the era that we're in, you know, the ability to really influence how this will roll out, how it will develop and influence, yeah. you know, our culture and, and the generation that comes along behind us. You know, I, I think that um, that audio, as we say, is a, is a, a user experience or a, or a user interface element. Um, it's not just sound. It's not just you know, sound effects, it's not just music or voiceover. So I just really want to, you know, emphasize, you know, and say, yeah, think about it that way. Think about it early, you know, <laughs> really think about what you're going to do with it, what role it needs to have in your particular application, you know, VR game, training, you know, what, healthcare, what, whatever the application is, you know, it, it all needs audio. Um, think it through early on and, you know, and then, you know, try to find some folks who are really going to add value, right? As as opposed to just yeah. you know downloading a bunch of stuff and hoping it works, right? Or or hiring, you know, some folks who maybe you know really don't have you know the expertise that's needed to really pull this off. It's it's complicated, you know. It's it's time consuming, you know. It, it's not just you know we do a couple of iterations and you're done. You know, I've I've worked on projects where we've done you know 50 iterations on a, on a single audio asset over time. <laughs> you know, it just it takes a lot of time to really to really hone it and get it done. So I, I think that, you know, as the, as the tools get better, as the experiences get better, as the um, development practices, as you said, standards, whatever, you know, get better, you know, we'd like to see the, the quality uh, of the audio get better and just the overall experience get better as, as a result. You know, and that's kind of our mission, right, is, is, is yeah. you know, sort of for this generation and the next is, you know, making sure that, that the quality of the work is, is top notch. Um, and then it continues to get better. Nice. I think that's an awesome goal. And it's just trying to, you know, help the community not just, you know, trying to create one thing is, is amazing. I think, I think a lot of people, I, I hope a lot of people check out your, your links and, you know, and your information and really benefit from it and let you know. <laughs> Because yeah. feedback's always great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we, we look forward to the feedback uh, and, you know, the, the response from, from this podcast. Yeah. I appreciate your time, man. Like, this is super interesting. I could keep going. We, we'd sometimes trap guests and we'll kind of end it and then keep talking and stuff. So I'm, I'm trying not to do that. But, yeah, audio is really interesting to me and I can keep going, but I won't. So <laughs> No, that's okay. And, and, you know, I'm happy to come back at some point and, uh, you know, do this again, you know, give you guys the update. And then, uh, yeah, if you want to invite me to that forum, uh, PJ, absolutely be interested in, in uh, contributing to that, you know, as much as we're able. But yeah, sure. absolutely happy to help. All right. Well, thanks again. And, you know, um, well, I'll, I'll cut back there. So <laughs> ending, it's always weird because we do like the outro and stuff after we let you guys go. So <laughs> it's always kind of like, you know, really hitting the brakes on it. Um, We'll cut back there anyway. So, all right. Well, yeah, cool. thanks, man. That was really interesting, and like that, you know, it's it's funny with podcasts because the first half is like just kind of getting comfortable and talking. The second half just goes by in a flash. It's like, oh yeah, all yeah, yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, so, I hear that. Hopefully, that's the same for the guest. You know, that's how it goes. For yeah, me, but <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think it's flowed very smoothly. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it was really. Like, uh, I was going to ask in your email, like, I'm not a developer. Like, if I go and, you know, check out your stuff, like, would, would it 
make sense to me or would it be worth it or not? Yeah, no, absolutely. We, we, uh, we try to keep it very, um, general purpose. Cause again, we, we don't know the expertise of the folks who are consuming the material. So we, True. we, we assume that it's better to, and you notice this in that, in that free resource that I mentioned, you know, we assume that it's better to, to make sure that the folks who are reading, you know, ingesting this material, digesting the material, um, understand the basics first before we move on to more advanced stuff. We don't assume that you have a whole lot of advanced, you know, knowledge and information in this space. If you do, then great. Then Jen, then skip over the first, you know, three, four chapters. Yes. You know? Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm going to give it a read because that's okay. really interesting. <laughs> awesome. Very good. All right. Well, thanks again. Yeah, no problem. Hope to hear from evening. you. Likewise. <laughs> thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was David Reyes, producer and business development manager at Immersive Experience Studios. Um, links in the show notes to their free resources and their website and uh, YouTube channel. Definitely check it out. Free knowledge is always awesome. Sounds like they have a really good setup and good tips, and they're just looking to help everyone get audio to a better place. And it's amazing to me. But thanks, everyone, for hanging out and listening. Click the links in the show notes. Get David some feedback. As far as this episode, I am PJ, and this was my VR verdict.